Welcome to episode number 189 of the DBSA podcast. I'm Sarah Wendell from Smart Bitches Trashy Books. With me today is author Lisa Marie Perry. We talk about her latest book in a romantic suspense sports series. There's football player owners involved here, so you know it's going to be a little salacious. We discuss several of her books, the inclusiveness of her characters, the challenges and victories that happen when you balance multiple sets of expectations, and her newest series, which may and yes, does involve nipple tarts and buttercream. And we answer the question you have been asking all of your life. Should you eat an entire chocolate penis in one sitting? These are important questions. Lisa Marie also asked me to add a mention of her other series because we talked about so many things and she felt terrible that she'd missed this one. Coming from Love Swept is the Devil's Music series, which is based on the TV show Empire. Book one, Sin For Me, will come out in September and it introduces a hip-hop label COO heroine who has secrets that she needs to protect and a songwriter hero who has death on his hands. Lisa Marie has been told that this is a series of, quote, bitches and bastards, and she is very pleased with that assessment. This episode is sponsored by Jay Kenner's Dirtiest Secret, published by Bantam Books, and available in paperback and ebook. It was wrong for us to be together. It was even harder to be apart. Everyone knows him as a notorious playboy, but to me, he is still the one man I desperately crave, yet the one I can never have. We've tried not letting ourselves give in to desire, and for so long we've told ourselves no. Now it's finally time to say yes. Find out their dirtiest secret with Jay Kenner's new Sin series on sale on April 19th. The music you're listening to is provided by Sassy Outwater, and I will have information at the end of the show as to who this is. And one last piece of news. If you are a regular listener to the podcast or you're a fan of the transcripts and you might like to support the show, you can have a look at our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash smartbitches. By listener request, I set up a Patreon, which is a little bit like Kickstarter, but instead of a single project, you support an ongoing creative project like this one. Listeners who wish to contribute can make a monthly pledge starting with $1 to help me reach goals like commissioning transcripts for the 70 or so episodes that don't have one. You can see the rewards and the options at patreon.com smartbitches. And for everyone who nudged me to set one up and has already backed the show, thank you. You are entirely made of awesome. And now... On with the podcast. Hello, uh, I am Lisa Marie Perry. Uh, I am an author of Contemporary Romance. Yay! And yes, I very much enjoyed. So, um, yes, let's get things rolling with the joke. Um, and if anyone knows me, I'm a very dirty girl. So, of course, this has to be a dirty joke. Welcome. We, you are among your people. Awesome. Okay, so this one, this is one of those story jokes. So okay, all right, settle in. Um, all right, so three men, a tall man, a man of average height, and a short man, all decide to go to the top of the Empire State Building for a dick measuring contest. As you do, as you do, and so the man of average height unzips, and his package drops six feet. And he says, "You know what, guys? I know this is very impressive. You just can't top this." And so the tall guy unzips and he says, okay, this is going to be easy. And his package drops 12 feet. Hey, so clearly he thinks that he's the winner. So they look over though, however, and the short guy is hopping around. He's hopping around and they say, hey guy, what's going on? What are you doing? And short guy glances at them and he says, 
I'm dodging traffic. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well played. Well, got to give love to short guys. Yes. I think they get enough. So there you go. <laughs> Well, uh-huh. I am I am five three, and my husband's like maybe five seven with shoes on. So we are not a tall people in our house. And he always like he always laughs at me when I'm like, "Oh, you're so tall. Will you reach that bowl on the high shelf that I can't reach?" Because anyone taller than me is tall. Well, right? Hey, I understand. I'm five four. Right. Okay. Exactly. Anyone who's <laughs> taller than you is tall. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> I, I will say though, my 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 brother, one of my brothers, he's six eight. So oh, that's that's tall. not fair. <laughs> That's tall. <laughs> okay. So let me ask you about your newest release. Tell us about One More Night With You. Okay. One More Night With You is actually uh, the finale of my NFL uh, sports romance series, uh, The Blue Dynasty. It's, uh, it's book five. And it essentially, the series surrounds a family that takes on a fictional football franchise that is based in Las Vegas. Although it is a sports romance, however, I really focus on uh, sports management and the deal making, the money and the power um, and things of that nature. And so there's quite a bit of manipulation. Uh, There's quite a bit of sort of behind the scenes drama. Private jets, Um, lots of money. Absolutely. So I really, I I very much enjoy digging into that. And I do get into it further in One More Night With You. It, in fact, ties up uh, several sort of storylines that have played out over the course of the the previous four books. Right. However, uh, we also basically get inside the head of a woman who is the catalyst for a lot of the fallout that occurs. And this is our heroine, Joey, uh, or Josephine, but I call her Joey. Mm Mm-hmm. And she is a former uh, DEA agent. And uh, she is introduced, as a matter of fact, in, in, in book one. She's the heroine's best friend. And so um, she was sort of waiting in the wings, I like to think. And I thought about her as I wrote everyone else's story. I, I never forgot her. I never stopped thinking about her. And I felt that she was very, very important and necessary to the overall plot. And she most certainly deserved her happy ending. Um, but I don't make it easy for her. Oh, Most well, why would you do that? Of course not. <laughs> I mean, you got more than like two written. chapters you got to fill. <laughs> she's been put through a lot. And so she's different from anyone I, I have written before. Mm-hmm. Um, Joey is, she has a physical impairment. She walks with a cane as a result of being shot. You find out early on. So I would not say this is a spoiler. Mm-hmm. You find out rather early on, as soon as you meet the hero, that he's the man who shot her. Oh, crap. Yes. He's the man who shot her um, and, and forces her to, uh, for the rest of her life, uh, walk with the assistance of a cane. And it essentially took away what she thought was her identity, which is her job. She lived her job. She thought she was the job. She didn't think she had much else beyond the job. After her injury, she After couldn't her, do her job anymore. Absolutely. Because uh, she could not, you know, physically, she just was not capable of doing the, the the strenuous work that she had done before so major life change like personal and professional life change and it's all his fault oh yes she certainly thinks so and they haven't seen each other in those five years since he shot her it happened during a botched uh, br- uh drug bust 
she thought he was dirty. Mm-hmm. She thought he was with the, you know, the bad guys. And so just quite a bit of betrayal and the bullet and fragments still remain inside of her. And so she always carries part of him with her, essentially. So well, that's a really easy to conflict, you know, to just to overcome. Sure. I'm I'm certain it was really <laughs> simple to work that out in a couple of chapters, right? Oh, yeah, sure. Sure. Most definitely. Easy right? as pie. Because he's, I mean, hey, he's he's still hot, you know. She loved him once, right? No, not quite. So <laughs> it's very complicated. In this book, however, there are a few things going on, which which I, I really enjoyed sort of putting this together. And uh, so we have, of course, um, the romance. And you would think early on, how in the hell is she going to get past this? How in the hell is he going to prove that he deserves a- another chance? And the thing is, he has to prove it to himself even more so than Joey. Mm-hmm. Because... It, it turns out that she's she's willing to try to to rediscover that love she had for him before mm-hmm. much sooner than he's willing to to believe that he even deserves it. So um, so that that's that's also very, very interesting. And, and of course, even now, the hero, Zaf, he he is he's hiding quite a bit, quite a bit. So the manipulation is not done. It's not over. It's not in the past. There's more. So uh, so there's there's that as well. And however, there's still football. Of course. So, <laughs> what I love about this book, actually, is you get two romances, which is not, uh, I would say, very, very easy to do in a category length book. I was going to say it's really hard to have two storylines going on in that small of a word count. Absolutely. The secondary romance involves a football kicker. Uh, he's an African American man. Whoa, 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 yes. whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> we'll go back. Are you telling me that there are people of color on your football teams? Strange as it sounds. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I'm. Um, I'm gonna take some deep breaths. Please, please continue. <laughs> very, very strange. <laughs> why is that? Like, yes. Why? Why is that? Why are all the teams white? I don't understand. I just don't know. I, I don't either. I mean, I don't know how it can be um, I, because I watch football, you know, yes. and then I adore baseball. You know what? Baseball, not all white either. And yet Precisely. in romance, everybody's white. Everyone. Why is that? I I, I don't understand it at all. So anyway, so <laughs> I don't understand it at all. It just felt like the most natural thing. You know, if I'm creating a football team. Got to have men of color on it. There's going to be there's going to be some variety. But I will say, though, in this series, my my quarterback, he had actually come back to his position. He's white. And that's that's book two of the series. My quarterback is white. But, you know, my linebackers, they're black guys. Wow. They just are. You or, you rebel. Yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> that girl. I have to say, one of the things I really like about your website is that when you list the books on your books page, you have the cover, you have the title, you have the release date, you have where it is in the series, and then you have the hero and heroine's name. So oh! I love that because if you've been following along with the series, you know that this book is about these people that you've already met in the prior books. Like, this is this person's story, and that's this person's story. Like, all of that is in one. That's that's really smart, first of all. I think that's really smart for a web web page for an author. Oh, yeah. All of the detail. And you know what? I have to say, though, my web designer, I'm with Bemis uh, Promotions Mm -hmm. and the specific detail of including their names. That was her idea. 
it's I really like it. I think it's really smart. It, I I thought it I thought it was very brilliant. And um yeah, I'm I, I was so happy to to that we could do that. And I'm so glad now to actually get some feedback that hey, that's helpful. So cool. Josephine yes. is Josephine de la Pena. Is she yes. Latina? Yes, she is. She's Mexican American. And Zaf Amadi is the hero. Yes, he is. Is he Pakistani? Did I read that correctly? Yes, he is. So has that caused a problem for you with this book? Okay. So the short answer is yes. Ah, crap. Yes. I mean, I know the answer, but still, damn it. Absolutely. Okay, I need to explain. Um, Kamani Romance, as I interpreted it, is a multicultural line. And to be honest, prior to writing book four, and this is important, um, and I'll tell you why in a moment. Prior to writing book four, the three heroines of the previous books, they're African-American. One of them, her happy ending is with a, a white man. Another, well, that her happy ending. That never happens. Like, that ever, never happens, ever. does it? No, never. My gosh. This fiction, huh? I have quite the imagination, right? What, what, but Whatever you're on, can I have some, please? Because <laughs> clearly this is just so unrealistic. I mean, it just doesn't reflect any reality except the one that you and I actually live in. And also, <laughs> I actually went and looked. Harlequin Kamani stories feature sophisticated, soulful, and sensual African-American and multicultural heroes and heroines who develop fulfilling yes. lives as they lead lives full of dramas, glamour, and passion. So football teams, private jets, DEA agents, falling in love with the guy who shot you. Uh-huh. This all fits. Right. So far, so good. So what, what, except, what happened? Except... I, you know, to be honest, I, I began to break a rule with book four in which I wrote a truly multiracial, multicultural heroine um, who struggles with her racial, cultural and religious identities. And that's in book four of mine tonight. And the thing is, though, on the cover, the heroine is portrayed much differently than she is in the book. And so when that people... never happens either. Uh huh. <laughs> The thing is, though, I've received feedback from readers who felt sort of bamboozled because of that. They're saying, you know what? Why is it that she's dark skinned on the cover? However, in the book, she has blue eyes. She's fair skinned. She's she's wondering if if she should live the life of a Jewish person. Why is this? This is not on the cover. OK, so, you know, so I absorb that. I, I listen. OK. But that's right. not something you have control over it most is not. of the time. It is, it is not. However, by that point, I already knew that I was going to give Joey her story. And she deserved it. And why not? And no, she is not Black. And I will tell you, to be honest, it was a very unpopular opinion for me to do that. Um, simply because she is not Black. Among your readers? Among readers, actually. And, uh, and also with my line, if I'm going to be honest. Because uh, the Kamani line actually asked for the heroines to be African-American. And it's not something that I knew starting out. And I always say, though, in traditional publishing, it is, it's a game of a delicate compromise, is how I would put it. Um, because what you're trying to do is create a book while satisfied, satisfying the wants of your publisher, your readers, and yourself. And in One More Night With You, I found that each of those things were different. So what I wanted to accomplish with this book was not what most people would feel the readers wanted or what the the publisher wanted. So I had to take elements of all three of those wants, combine them, and create a book out of it. So both of the leads are are not Black. That is true. However, as I said, there is a secondary romance that includes a Black man and a Japanese-American woman. 
Um, and uh, their story actually is, is, is something I very much love about the book, to be honest. Really? How come? Oh, geez. It is just, it's so honest. I have to say, it's- I love when you talk to a writer and they're like, I'm so excited about this romance that I wrote. Like these two people, and you, you know, I know how in your brain they kind of become real. You're they like, do. I made happiness and I love it so much. Like, please tell me all about this because it's so great when you hear an author just excited about the characters and the story that they created. So tell me all of the things. Absolutely. So I'll actually start, I'll start then with the, with the secondary couple. So, um, yes, uh, our, our kicker, uh, he, He's a, he's a young man um, who really came from terrible circumstances. Um, he abused drugs in, in the past. He was traded from a previous football team onto this fictional Las Vegas team. And, um, and he's really, his past essentially will always follow him. And even the team owners, when they suspect that someone is abusing drugs, they say to Joey, you know, hey, we're wanting, we're wanting you to infiltrate. We're wanting you to get information. We want you to look at this man. Look at this man. Look at our kicker. Um, he does a great job. He's a talented kicker. He's looking to break records. However, his past is still there. And people look at that before they look at him. And so um, so he's carrying that, you know. And I, re- I don't know if I would call it baggage, but that is his reality. And so... While he's doing that, though, he's also getting caught up in the parties. He's getting caught up in, you know, the brotherhood of 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 being on a, a football team. You know, the locker room dynamics. And so he's also just he's looking at, you know, he's looking at women and saying, "Hey, I've got this money now. My name is on ESPN. I, I have options." And beautiful women are approaching him. Um, and, you know, I feel that I can't avoid saying this, but Joey catches his eye and he actually he's attracted to her. Meanwhile, he's not realizing that he's also falling in love with his friend um, who is his. She lives in his neighborhood and um, she has a dog that they met because her dog peed on his garage door. <laughs> and, <laughs> and and his friend Monaco, she is. She's a delight. She's a pharmacist, actually. So she she ha- she deals with drugs too, but in a different capacity, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, which is actually significant in the story, but I really shouldn't say why. Okay, uh, don't spoil. I-, I shouldn't say why, but yes, but um, but so he doesn't realize that, that you know when when he sees his friend dressing dressing herself in a certain way to you know to go out clubbing with him, and he's starting to get jealous but he doesn't realize why he's saying oh hey i'm attracted to joey okay however i'm jealous because people are looking at my friend monaco and so it's very cute and because uh meanwhile monaco is sending him signals that oh i am so into you i want to be more than friends and (laughs) it's really quite interesting though because you know as things develop and as he finds himself sort of chasing joey at the same time you know his friend is she won't take his shit at all she um, she talks very frankly to him. She's very honest with him and she's actually his salvation in a way. I love a heroine who takes no crap. Oh yes. I love, I want to be friends with her. Actually, she's, she's a joy. She's a delight. Um, but, uh, he always, you know, when something bad goes wrong, where does he go? He always goes to his friend Monaco and 
So he, he eventually though, it, it takes a lot, but um, he realizes that he completely, completely screwed up when, you know, when he didn't sort of pay, pay attention to what was developing between um, Minako and himself. And he believes at some point that he's really lost her uh, in every capacity, in every way. And it just won't, things won't be the, the same as they were before. And so I very much enjoyed uh, writing that. And I I do <laughs> regret that I didn't have the opportunity to, you know, give them a full story, but because my God, I would, I would so have enjoyed to do it. Um, I really, I really enjoyed them as much as I did the primary couple, to be honest. Um, so they felt even more significant than secondary to me. And there have been a couple of readers though, who, who also share in their true enjoyment, you know, of the secondary couple. And, and that makes me feel good. You know, I'm, you know, I'm, so I'm thinking that, Hey, I'm glad I'm not the only one who, you know, by surprise, you know, I actually fell for these people and, um, and, you know, I'm, I'm so, I'm so glad though, that I, that, that I wrote that because it actually, it offered the opportunity to also show the heroine and even the hero from a different perspective. And so it all sort of ties together. And I, I really appreciate that my brain was able to do that. <laughs> Isn't it nice when you can look at your brain and be like, wow, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you're capable of some things here. I'm proud. Yay. Good. Um, but, uh, but, but most definitely. And so it's actually a nice contrast though, because so the secondary couple, it, there's a, a, a bit of sweetness and lightness to their romance. However, with Joey and Zaf, there's so much hell, so much. It, it is, it is not easy for them. And I, I refuse to make things pretty for them um, and to sugarcoat things. So, so mean. Yeah, I had to be. <laughs> I had to be. And and I have to also say this also goes into sort of the rule breaking that I did with this book. And um, some people may find that the language. Uh, <laughs> did you drop an F-bomb? I oh, think no. like a dozen. <laughs> you used bad words? I did. I used <gasps> awkward um <laughs> oh my goodness and I don't even know if I should say this but I used the p word and I was talking to someone penis is in vagina wait you penis. use the word penis and the word vagina oh <laughs> well I think I do use the word penis somewhere in that book but so can I say oh pussy oh god I was like I doing dumb word oh please okay. it's a podcast I have no FCC oversight you can say whatever the hell you want bring it <laughs> Okay, yeah, because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know if, if you know. Oh no, this is this is most definitely not <laughs> NPR. <laughs> right. So yes, I I use I use the word pussy, and the <gasps> thing is, <laughs> the thing is, if, if people are saying I don't think you can use that in category at all. I don't think it's ever been done, and I was just wondering why not. I mean, don't people refer to it as a pussy, just the same as you refer to a penis as a cock. So where I come from, a cock is a cock. You know, I got to say. I think so, every writer has their language, but seeing pussy in a romance, particularly if it's a really intense sexual scene, does not throw me at all. Like, I just sort of accept that that's part of the language of some really intense sex scenes for yeah. some books. Like, it's 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 part of the vernacular. I run into it. Okay, but great. I, I don't. Is I mean, there are some natural? places where I don't expect it, but this is not one of them. <laughs> Hey, how you do, you pussy? No, um, <laughs> no, 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 no. But it is, it does occur doing, you know, during a, a, a sex scene and, 
um, it felt natural to me. So I think it works. Well, so. if it's what the characters would say, then obviously that's what they say. Yeah. Now, you is know, there a suspense element to this book too? Because... Most definitely. Because, oh, 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 oh. oh yeah. And, and so sort of the, the drama that began in book one, it really comes to a head in, in, in Joey's story. Um, she's, uh, when she was investigating um, someone, she stumbled upon an illegal gambling ring. In uh, football? Yes, in football. So Seriously, um, this multicultural, multi-ethnic, all abilities, crazy world that you are living in and where people bet outside the boundaries of the law in football. Yes. I'm just, I'm really not sure I can handle this, this amount of world building here. Anyway, oh, oh I know, I know. It must have been like on soda and pop rocks or something, right? <laughs> soda and pop rocks. That's what I'm gonna blame. Any like complete crazy sauce romance that I read, like he's a duke, but he's secretly a pirate, or he's a pirate secretly a duke, and it's set in like 2015. Yes, it's pop rocks and soda. That's what happened there. Absolutely. And also, he's a wizard and possibly a dragon. Pop rocks and soda. Bring it on. Oh, oh anyway, but yes. Um. So, uh, yes. So she had really stumbled upon this illegal gambling ring, and she discovered uh, illegal bounties um, that were taking place. Um, people were paid under the table to injure other people. Oh, that um, never happens in. Of the course, NFL. it never happens. Right? It never happens in football. No one's ever motivated to, you know, line their pockets. Of course not. <laughs> Using the Achilles tendon of another player. <laughs> oh my God! Ouch. <laughs> or or damaging the spine of another. Yeah. Or you know, their heads. It's like you know, brains and you know. Oh yeah. That's fine. Uh, sure. Yeah. Sure. Oh wow. So yeah. So she's uncovered this, and then the man who's really at the at the head of it. Um, he's uh, he owns a, a very 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 elite casino, and uh, he's you know he's a dirty dude, and uh, and he's not happy about it. So. Um, she essentially has interfered with his uh, business and with his earning potential. And um, so you have uh, the, you have associations and you have the league looking at him and you have the feds looking at him and he's, he's not happy about it. So naturally he feels that it's only within his right to retaliate and eliminate her. Zaf is in town to make sure that doesn't happen. And so the solution to this is he's going to pretend to be her boyfriend so that he can be in her presence protecting her all the yes. time. So essentially what you have here is a sports romance, romantic suspense with mm -hmm. a pretend relationship between two people who had a very bad breakup and mm -hmm. then a secondary romance with two people who are a friends to lovers story. Precisely. So you just basically took catnip and put the book in it and just sort of swirled it around for a while. Oh, I like that image. Oh, yeah. Th th this is, I guarantee you someone listening to this has pulled over to like start taking notes because this is so many people's book catnip. Oh, wonderful. It was mine. It's it's actually, to be honest, it is my favorite in, in the series. You're not supposed to have a favorite. I'm not supposed to pick favorites, right? Yeah, you're not allowed to do that. It's my favorite, but that's not to say, my God, believe me, I'm the first to, it is not perfect. I'm the first to say it. Oh, this story no. is not perfect. Um, I, w I would say my favorite book of all times is, uh, of all time is Nora Roberts, uh, Carolina Moon. But I've told people before, however, if I had written that book, I, I, I would find, I would find every flaw. I would not like it, you know, as much. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, totally. It's just how it is. I feel that, you know, nothing I have written or will ever write will be perfect. It just won't. Oh, no. But it gives me a goal. Well, so. I, I always, I'm always sort of fascinated because I'm both a reviewer and, a, and an author. And I've written two nonfiction books and then a, a contemporary novella. And mm -hmm. I always see people talking about how, well, the author should always give their own books five stars, except they shouldn't grade their own books. But if they did, it should be every book is five stars. And I'm thinking, uh -uh. no, I would not give all my books five stars. Like I know <laughs> about mistakes in the first two books and in, and in the novella that I was I would really like to change. But mm -hmm. it's already done. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I can't go change it because, I mean, I, I can't. I can't. It's just not possible. But there are things I would love to go back and fix and, and, yes. and I evaluate them at the time that was, that was an incredible achievement for my brain. But now that my brain is older and has done more writing, I can see where I would have done things differently if I had mm -hmm. to do it over again. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I think it's healthy to be critical of your own writing though. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, exactly. Even going through to pick, you know, excerpts to share for various things. Oh God. I'm like, oh, I don't like looking at this. <laughs> It's a phenomenon. And I think a lot of people experience that. Even um, I've heard actors say, you know, they absolutely don't want to look at, I think even Johnny Depp, he doesn't like to look, you know, at his, at his films or see himself sort of um, see his work. Mm -hmm. It just feels strange, you know? So there's a really good scene in Judith McNaught's perfect. I think it is because speaking of pop rocks and soda pop, um, the heroine is a, a young woman who is a teacher and she picks up this guy on the side of the road who she thinks is his, his hitchhiking. And I think she sees that his jeans are like brand new and still have the crease down the front. And she's thinking, you know, he's got brand new clothes. He must be trying to get to a job interview. He's trying to impress someone. I'll just, I'll give him a ride. And of course he's a former movie star who was convicted of murder and sent to prison and he just escaped. But she yeah. didn't know because, I mean, under a rock or something. I don't remember that particular. But anyway, he's like, oh, yeah, well, you're stuck with me. I'm kidnapping you in your car. So they have this little, like, you know, fugitive road trip where, of course, they fall in love because romance novel. Mm -hmm. And the place where he ends up taking her has a bunch of his movies. And when she figures out who he is and what's happening, she's trying to make the, the best of it. And then they start to sort of become sort of friends in, in this weird sort of power imbalance that they have going on. And they sit down and they watch some of his movies and they're like super sexy films. So he starts telling her, okay, so what you can't see is that I have my elbow in her belly and she's trying not to laugh because I'm tickling her. And there's like 75 people in the room filming this. And it's the least sexy thing I have ever yeah. done in my life. So you got this gorgeous sex drenched scene of these two people who are just totally into each other. And he sort of pulls back the focus and tells her what's really happening in the movie the whole time he didn't want to watch any of his films she's like let's uh, watch this one he's like no 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 <laughs> no yes. i love i love that scene if you haven't read that book it's just oh pop rocks and soda cola <clears throat> i would really like to know about your next series too would you be willing to talk about it oh yes okay so I'll here this is the email you sent me and i'm just like i this is this might be my new favorite assemblage of letters you know, I like it when these letters are in this order. The series for forever is titled Guilty Pleasures and introduces a sex shop owner, an erotic baker who specializes in dick cakes, and a boudoir photographer. Please tell me all about this. Oh, have mercy. I think that what you need is a lot of dick cake on the cover of these books. <laughs> 
you don't need a puppy. We need giant icing dongs here. This is what we need. <laughs> I will send that note to my editor. <laughs> yeah, I, we need some buttercream pain is what we need. <laughs> and you know how all those cozy mysteries have super cute names, like all the ones that are set in bakeries and cupcake shops, because it's not at all weird that all these murders happen in like a 12 foot square radius of this one woman who runs a bakery in a small town and is very successful at it, despite people not eating carbs. So they all have cute names, right? You yes. need, okay. You need these to have like <laughs> buttercream peen. It needs to be the title of a book here, right? <laughs> Double dipping and finger licking. I'm here all day. Just let me know. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, I guarantee you, I would remember those titles. And I don't remember titles, but we should totally have a book called Buttercream Pain, right? Oh, my gosh. Okay. That's so, awesome. anyway, tell me about these books. Ah, this is so great. Yes. Actually, you know what? If you find the cover, it's, it is such, it's a pretty cover. It's a lovely cover. And you see no hint of a sex shop, though. The series is based on Cape Cod. And so what's happening is on Cape Cod somewhere, <laughs> there are people who are opening businesses that are very, very sexual. And um, so essentially, uh, three friends. Uh, the, the first one is um, she's actually a virgin who inherited uh, her aunt's sex shop. As you and do. So, of course, she decides, of course, I'm going to run this. I'm going to run this. I'm going to run the hell out of it. Okay. So, um, and and so her friend uh, has the, the shop next door, and that's her erotic bakery. And then next to that is the boudoir photography studio. Um, however, underneath, underneath these businesses is a nightclub that they're all running together um, with the help of someone else. And it is guilty pleasures. Um, and so go down to this club. You're going to see something very different from what you would ordinarily see on the Cape. Um, you're going to see people grinding, you know, um, they're grinding, they're drinking, they're having a good time. Um, and this is sort of the place to be. This is a place I would I would be if if I went to the Cape or back to the Cape. Because this is actually, to be honest with everyone, inspired by a trip that I took <clears throat> when I was younger um, to the Cape. And so I, um, you know, I went there, I, I ate a chocolate penis and uh, I got sick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I could just, I could separate that, just that one sound bite for you. I ate a chocolate <laughs> penis and I got sick. To be your ringtone. You know, you eat a chocolate penis, an entire chocolate penis, it's just not going to end well. Um, there are so many jokes, and they have all run to the front of my brain, and they have collided <laughs> with one another. So, yeah. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, it's absolutely. It's So, this series, uh, the seed is simply, I took this trip, and, oh, you know, the chocolate penises, the um, meeting lobstermen. Yep. <sighs> I like a very specific type of man. Um, you I mean, are not just, alone in that. Yeah, there's just a type, you know, a type of guy that just really does it for me. And, um, you know, uh, rugged, just, oh, uh, I don't know. Um, so, you know, he, he's working with his hands. He's on a boat. Just so sexy. And so the hero and meant to be mine, uh, he is a longshoreman. And he cannot quite put his demons to rest. Um, he... 
is getting past drug abuse. Uh, he was very deep into that when, when he was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took him a very long time to get clean and stay clean. Um, and and the heroine is someone who essentially uh, comes back into his life after being away for a very, very, very long time. And they used to be friends. And it's it's a very lovely story in the sense that she helps him put put away some of these some of these demons and he in turn helps her to really accept that she has a second chance at life in addition to being a virgin our heroine sophia is also a heart transplant recipient and um once she got her new heart she had been quite hesitant really to get her new lease on life uh to get it going and to really embrace it and really accept that this is her heart and she's not simply you know hanging on to it for someone else or is keeping someone else's heart so um it's 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 very lovely it's extremely sexy and it's extremely body and fun um it broke my heart a few times to write it i actually this is the first book where i was working on it and it made me cry and, uh, you know, I had to step away from my computer for a while and come back. And so uh, it, it is, this one's quite personal, but um, at the same time though, it's so dirty. It's so dirty. And I love that about, about this book. Um, I really hope that, that other people will love that too. Um, so you get your dick jokes, you get your explicit sexy times. Um, <laughs> you. <laughs> It's all there. It's all there. And, and I really, you know, I really enjoy um, seeing these two people figure out how to fall in love and how to recognize it. Um, so it, it was just, it was a wonderful experience and, and I'm delighted, uh, really. And um, it, this one, the first book drops in August and uh, the second one is coming in December and you're going to see uh, our erotic baker show her skills um her new assistant is very very hot oh Uh, that's just terrible he's so hot and it's (laughs) difficult though you know if you're making if you're making dick cakes you know or filling up chocolate dick molds you know and you've got this assistant who's standing next to you and he's freaking hot yep it makes your job just a little bit difficult (laughs) i would say (laughs) just a bit and so i mean there's even Okay, so I'll, I'll give this this little tiny little bit away um, in book two, which is coming in December, where um, he challenges the accuracy of her dick molds. And he says, okay, oh, I see a large no. here. I see her large, but it's inaccurate. It's not large enough. And, and of course, she tells him to unzip and prove it. <laughs> and he, he proves it. <laughs> oh, my he goodness. He proves it, sure. So, uh, so I'm, I'm having too much fun, really. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. For the research for this, are you making a lot of um, inappropriate baked goods? Yes. Okay. So, oh, that's uh, just terrible. Yes. You have uh, nipple tarts. Um, nipple tarts. Nipple <laughs> nipple tarts. I've never uh, looked for that on Pinterest. Is this something I need to do? <laughs> if you find it, send it to me and I'll put it on my board. <laughs> nipple tarts. Nipple tarts. Um, the edible vulva and it has the... Uh, um, has a piercing, which of is course. also edible. Of course. Of course. 
the favorites, of course, is well, the heron's favorite to make is her selection of, of chocolate dicks. And, and she believes in diversity too now. So you'll see, uh, you'll see milk chocolate, dark chocolate, white chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to be, you know, you have to think about everyone and, and, and people like different things. And so she has that variety. So tell me quickly about your book for Kensington. Okay. So uh, we will see these books uh, in 2017, actually. Isn't it and so funny how publishing is like nine years ahead of us? Oh, I know. Like, Always I like thinking ahead. Right. What date do they write on their checks? Like, do they just get to the checkout and they're like, oh, is it, what year is it? Is it 2019? Because <laughs> that's what I was working on. <laughs> Precisely. Um, but uh, uh, yes, for Kensington, um, this is a hockey series. So I can't stay away from sports, can I? Uh, <laughs> And it, it follows um, three very, very badass brothers um, who have blue-collar roots. And um, they play for a fictional New York hockey team. And it's, it is so, th this series is just so delicious. And, and these men, they are dirty talkers. They are coarse. Um, however, their heroines, you know, they much like you know, women that I like to write, they're just not going to take your shit. Of course. And they're just not going to. And, and I love the back and forth. I so love it. And I so enjoy seeing these people sort of, what happens is they sort of see each other. Uh, they see each other really through uh, a lens of all of the shit that they're carrying, if, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, when they start to change, they're actually able to see themselves differently just, just by being in a relationship and knowing, and knowing that other person. And so that happens, you know, for, for each couple, but in a different way. And uh, I'm just, I'm truly excited about it. And I, I'm, I'm majorly attracted to hockey players. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> so researching and going to games and, and such, Oh, I'm getting a joy out of it. <laughs> That's just a horrible thing to have to go research too. Like I, oh. I need to go to all of these sports events for, for research purposes. It's that's just, it's oh. just terrible. Oh, it's so, it's so difficult. It's so difficult. Occupational hazard for sure. <laughs> so I have one last question for yes. you. I always ask this. What have you read recently that you would recommend and love to tell people about? Oh dear. I have read, I have read quite a few keepers uh, recently. So, you know, I will start by saying I actually lately have not been reading a lot of contemporary. Um, I, so I write it and then, but however, I read quite a bit of historical. So I have a couple of historical recs and I do have a contemporary and I'll start with that one. That one is Rock Redemption, Nalini Singh. Oh my gosh. <sighs> I do not read quite a bit of, of, of rock star books. I know there's a lot out there, mm -hmm. but this, this book makes me want to gobble up everything this woman has written. And I feel if I can have that sort of connection, then something awesome is happening here. And so I just really want to, you know, uh, I'm sure it's, it's a very, very popular book as it is, but anyone who's listening to this, if you have not tried it, please do. It will, you won't forget it and it will change things for you. Historical, I recently read uh, Beverly Jenkins' Forbidden. Oh, that book. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh my word. <laughs> it's good grief. It's, 
It's so lovely. I'm just, I'm, I'm literally like just, uh, oh, I am fanning. I'm not kidding. I'm fanning myself. <laughs> it's not a surprise. It's just, it's so, I, I don't know. It's a simple word to say, but that book is absolutely beautiful. <laughs> It there really are so is. many things that she, that she does right. In I could have sworn you were going to be like that book is so hot, oh. but it is also beautiful. It, it yes, is. It oh. is. It is. I felt that I came away from it feeling as if I could. She showed us really the hearts of these characters, and I can see their hearts, and 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 I could just sort of feel things along with them. You know, it, you know, you could picture them, you know what I mean? You could look at the cover, you could imagine how they look. But even beyond all that, I just felt that I was able to to get to know them. And, you know, just in a, in a certain way that that goes deeper than, than the surface. And I just thought she just did it so well. Beautiful book. And I recommend it to, to everyone, um, really. People I know who don't read quite a bit. And, and you know, I, 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 I have recommended that. And so... Gosh, love it. Um, and then there's another. Um, and this is actually a series, uh, uh, to be honest, if I can cheat and do that. And it's the Penny Royal Green series. Um, by I Julie love M. that oh. series. Yes. Well, I came in midway through. Actually, I think I came in on book three or four. I can't remember exactly. But, you know, and, and I, I just I had to have them all. I had to have them all. And I went. I, I was haunting <laughs> I for the last book for Lion and Olivia's story, I was I was a crazy person. I kept going to Barnes and Noble and looking and it wasn't on the shelf yet. And when it was, I took a picture. I was like, I'm so happy. But uh gosh. She Julie is my gosh, she's she's a brilliant storyteller. And I've I've heard this expression before where people will say that a writer can paint a picture with words. She really does. I feel she really does. Oh, her books are very visual. <laughs> it's funny because I really feel intelligent when I read her work. <laughs> I do. I feel like I am so smart having read this. And it's just, this is, you know, this has educated me and this is, um, enlightened me. And, and, and I, I love it. When I was in school, I, w I was a terrible history student, so it's very funny, you know, that I just gobble up historical romance. And uh, a big part of that is, you know, I like to know the research and and just with the understanding that, it, of course, it's not all going to be perfect because we're all just researchers. Right. But I, I still I love learning from it. So I would say those are my recs at this point. That is a very good series of recommendations. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Oh gosh, I so enjoy it. I, I, I'm happy. So I hope I've added a few books to people's, uh, to read piles. <laughs> Honestly, I either people are going to be like, oh my God, I read that book. It's so good. Or they're going to be like, now I must read all of these. Oh yeah. I, I love that. I love that when I discover someone new, you know, and, and I adore it and I find out read they have a everything they've ever written. Yep. Collect it all. Yep. That's what I'm doing. So, uh, it's, it's not the best thing for my pocketbook, but yeah, none of us ever really. If I don't, if I don't read, I feel like I'm missing something essential. Yeah, oh, so. me too. Me too. And <laughs> if I don't get to read a little bit, I get really ornery. <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? I haven't read. Please fuck off. <laughs> okay, go report to your chair. I'm going to. <laughs>
And that is all for this week's podcast. I want to thank Lisa Marie Perry for hanging out with me and discussing all of the things that she writes. I will have links to all of the books that we discussed in the podcast entry, which is also called the show notes at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast. This episode is sponsored by Jay Kenner's Dirtiest Secret, published by Bantam Books, available in paperback and ebook. It was wrong for us to be together. It was even harder to be apart. Everyone knows him as a notorious playboy, but to me, he's still the one man I desperately crave, yet the one I can never have. We've tried not letting ourselves give in to desire, and for so long we've told ourselves no. Now it's finally time to say yes. You can find out their dirtiest secret with Jay Kenner's new Sin series, available April 19th. The music you're listening to is provided by Sassy Outwater. You can find her on Twitter at Sassy Outwater. This is the band Sketch. This track is called Fire Them Up from their album Shed Life, which you can find on Amazon or iTunes or wherever you like to buy your funky music. And if you're a regular listener or reader of the podcast transcripts and you'd like to support the show, please have a look at our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash smartbitches. I set it up by listener request and certainly... You are not obligated because the podcast will not change. It will continue to roll out on Fridays. But if you would like to contribute or make a monthly pledge, starting with as little as $1, you can help me reach goals like providing transcripts for all of the episodes that don't have one yet. You can see all the information, rewards, and options at patreon.com slash smartbitches. And thank you to everyone who nudged me to set one up and to everyone who's backed the show already. Future podcasts will include me and other people talking about romance novels. And if you were thinking, but, 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 but it's RT, it's Romantic Times. Isn't that going on right now? Well, yes, if you're listening to this on April 15th, yes, it is. And I will have a dispatch from RT featuring all of the bitches as we assemble early one morning in my hotel room to discuss all of the things. But in the meantime, on behalf of Lisa Marie Perry and everyone here, we wish you the very best of reading. Have a great weekend. 